What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You are now listening to the Philly Pod. A Philadelphia sports podcast. James Harden is a 76er. This is the Philly Pod, and we are doing a Sixers episode. Quite honestly, we should do more of these because while Vic and me have a big passion for the Eagles, um, the Sixers' passion is unmatched, especially in this town now that James Harden is a Sixer. Uh, This is a really special episode, guys, because we have a friend of ours, Kevin McCormick, who is the Sixers' beat writer for Clutch Points. He's, he's going to be here breaking down the trade deadline move. Obviously, the big talk of the town will be the fact that James Harden is a sixer, but also parting ways with Ben Simmons, which mm-hmm. I feel like is really a topic of its own. We'll get into that. Obviously, we brought in Paul Millsap as well. Uh, lose a couple role players and Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and a couple first-round picks. Uh, I kind of want to um, really quickly, since this is uh, our first thoughts here on the podcast, obviously you can find the visual part of the show up on YouTube. That is the Liberty Line YouTube channel. Uh, You can search the Philly pod as well. It'll all come up. Keyword search related. Uh, Vic. I was about to say, when do I get introduced? Yeah, yeah, no, no. As the the official host of the Philly pod, we need your... Thanks. I mean, obviously, we, we, we've been talking about it, but it's time to give the people your initial thoughts on this trade. Facts, facts. Before we do that, please follow everybody here. You got Kev McCormick, beat writer of Clutch Sport, not sports, Clutch Points. Not sports, <laughs> right? You don't work for it. You don't work with Rich. No, no, I do no. not. <laughs> oh, clutch, Clutch Points. Be sure to go follow him. At, I don't even know the damn handle anymore. What is it now? It's at Kevin MCC NBA. That's right. Kevin McSee, NBA. I, could, I was about to say 973 back in the old days, but Kevin McSee, NBA. Be sure to follow Steven at Steven Conrad Jr. Don't say his Twitter. old handles. You're going to get the people all confused, man. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's why I asked him. I had to clarify. Damn. Follow me on Twitter at, uh, at the Philly Pod. Be sure to do the same on Instagram. Follow the LibertyLine.com on Twitter as well at LibertyLinePHL. As Steven mentioned, we have Kevin here to join us. He's a legit beat reporter, a legit Sixers insider. Insider. You heard that? Not a fake one like I am, as people may believe. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm not an insider. As we let's 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 make this clear. So yeah. So my initial thoughts, Stephen, since you want mine first, um, because I remember calling. We were we were on. Uh, no, I think I was driving around uh, that, that the day before, and we remember CJ getting moved to the Pelicans, and we're like, oh no, oh man, there goes one option, and then and then Halliburton and Buddy Heel get moved to the Pacers, and we're like, oh no. There goes there goes another option, eight, and then it's coming. We're coming to the realization that man, this, nothing shit might not happen. We might not have anything. This is how it's going to be the rest of the year. And Beat will get his MVP, and then we'll push for a title next year. And then you start to hear like, oh shit, they've been talking. And then other reporters are coming out and saying, ah, they actually haven't been talking. So fuck you. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> so so we're getting all this back and forth and all this, and then lo and behold, it goes down one fifteen, one thirty, with time to spare. Mm-hmm. James Harden gets steal. The James Harden deal does get done, bringing in Paul Millsap with him. The Eagles part ways with Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Sixers. Drummond. What? 
think you just said Eagles. Come on, man. Did I say the Eagles? Oh shit. Yes. <laughs> hey man, I'm so used to the fucking uh, the. That's the why Eagles. I did the intro, ladies and gentlemen. No, you did the intro because I told you to do the intro. <laughs> but, um, the Sixers part ways with Ben Simmons, uh, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, a first round pick next year that I think can be deferred to 2023 if they choose. Kev will clear all that up, and then a, another first round pick like half a decade from now. I think those prospects are still in middle school, so nobody's nobody's worried about Apparently that. Apparently, that draft, like Kev, I know Kev. Well, why, I would assume why is Kev the twenty twenty seven pick so coveted? Because the Lakers didn't want to part with theirs in a Russell Westbrook trade. So, like, is is that the Bronny draft? I'm thinking that's what it is. Is that what's going on? No, here? I think it's more the rules of how you can trade picks in the NBA because you can't you can't not have picks for back to back years. I don't know how the the Sixers pick situation oh, is all right. laid out. So, I think yeah, that's right. why uh, it was this. This upcoming drafts first round pick from the Sixers and then twenty twenty seven. Right. See, that's why you're here. That's why you're the, that's why you're the beat writer because we don't because because we. Don't you want to know how I actually know what Kevin just said? How? Because on my league, when I attempt to trade back to back first round picks, it doesn't uh, let me. Like, come on, dude, it's a video game. And according to two K, and this was another annoying thing. All trade day long, long. According to two K, like you can't trade injured players. And then people are talking about a potential like Joe Harris involved in the Harden deal. Ooh. And here comes everybody. You can't trade Joe Harris. He's hurt. This and that. Like it's not. It's not. It's it's not a video game. You can trade injured players in real life, right, Kev? Yeah, it's all like pending physicals and stuff. I mean, exactly, technically, exactly. Harden was is injured right now. Yeah, dealing with the yeah, phantom stuff, hamstring, so. phantom hammy, <laughs> you know. So is here, James Harden this season, averaging twenty two and a half points, ten assists, eight rebounds, and this is in the midst of KD and Kyrie getting in and out the lineup, and this and that. So my initial thoughts of the trade is, in in my in my eyes, you you basically you know gave up two rotational players and a first round pick next year and another pick later down the road because you can't i understand like you know the nets got ben simmons in the trade but as sixers fans you can't count him as an asset because he was never playing for this franchise again despite what some people believed so i think the return was great you get a you get a you know a, an all-star superstar albeit he is declining and perhaps past his prime but you get a a star player that can help Joel Embiid, and you hold on to to assets such as matisse thibault and tyrese maxi who are cornerstones uh, of this franchise for the future so I think it was a good return. You know, we'll, we'll break down how 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 this kind of works out uh, for both teams. But Kevin, as a as a guy who was in the mix of, of of all this, and I know for for a good bit there, you didn't think the trade was happening, nor did any of us. And then it kind of came out of nowhere as it started uh, to ramp up, and Maury and Sean Marks were talking. How did this trade get done at when, when it was all said and done? Because it was getting getting to the point where we were like, man, it's not it's not going to happen. We're going to have to wait this thing out until the summer. How did this thing go down in the end? I mean, it was really one of those things that kind of developed in the 11th hour. Uh, like you said, I you know, was firmly planted in the camp that I didn't think a deal was going to happen at the deadline. I always thought a Harden-Simmons deal could happen, but it always felt more like logical in the offseason than to happen now. But uh, Doc Rivers talked a little bit about it. Uh, before their game against OKC, and he said even like 12 hours before the trade happened, it kind of felt like it wasn't going to happen, and those last 8 to 10 hours were really the turning point. Uh, I think the the biggest thing was the sweeteners. You know, the all the reports were saying Brooklyn wanted Matisse Thibel. The Sixers weren't willing to part ways with him, rightfully mm-hmm. so, which is why we see the two first-round picks thrown in. I think that's why we saw those picks get put in even though people say they might be overpaying throwing in picks as well but I think you'd much rather part with first round picks than deal or than dealing away a Tyrese Maxey or a Matisse Thibault and you know I honestly think the trade was just a win-win for both sides everyone's trying to say which side won and which side lost I mean like there's a reality Brooklyn ask the media (laughs) why can't you just look at it and admit that both teams got better I mean Brooklyn gets Mm -hmm. a guy and Ben Simmons who fits what they need with his defensive versatility and being a secondary playmaker I think he takes a lot of pressure off Kyrie and KD they fix their depth issues as well grabbing a Seth Curry and Andre Drummond as well and then the Sixers get that legitimate second guy that they've you know coveted next to Embiid so I mean credit to Daryl Morey for remaining patient a lot of people were, were on him you guys included as the yeah, CJ and the, and the Paris Levert this man was washed up and until the two hours before the passed. deadline he was washed he got away with the you know the Al Horford trades and the Seth Curry trades well we'll we'll give him respect for that and then this man's sitting on it and you're watching all these other deals get made like I mentioned CJ CJ gets moved and you're like fuck man and you saw the package what was it Josh Hart and some some other shit whatever that deal was so you're looking at that and you're like damn Daryl you could have you know got something done there 
And then the 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 most rumored package throughout this whole thing for the Kings, Halliburton, Healed, Fox, whatever combination it was going to be, it ended up being Halliburton and Healed and whatever else they gave up. Um, so that deal happens, and they go to Indiana um, for Sabonis, who I get Sabonis is arguably the best player in that deal, but I don't know what the hell the Kings are even thinking. I have no idea what the <laughs> what the mold is for that franchise or what their plan is moving forward. Um, but you look at that, and then um, you also look at Karis LeVert and Brogdon. Like, I think it was last summer that that deal was rumored, and Brogdon's probably going to be moved now this summer, and LeVert is already in Cleveland reunited with Jared Allen. So it wasn't looking great for Daryl <laughs> until two hours before the deadline, but I guess we all should have been uh, familiar with the fact that he wasn't going to settle for anyone other than Harden in this scenario. Yeah, absolutely. I think he deserves a ton of credit, you know, just for remaining patient. I think 98. 5% of other front offices in the league would have caved yeah, way before and he did <laughs> and he would have ta- like yeah. they would have taken a lesser deal in the summer like with all the blowback and the threatening to sit out I mean after like once it became realistic that Ben wasn't going to play for the Sixers ever again I think most GMs would have just taken what they could have got at that point Daryl Morey keeps his feet to the fire and then rewarded greatly for his patience and it's something that was brought up all the time he remained patient waiting for a team that was going to stumble out of the gate or get into panic mode and then mm-hmm. here we are in the 11th hour of the trade deadline and all this stuff happens with Brooklyn and you know Harden's unhappy and now it's kind of yeah the team's pretty much swapped their problem children in a sense but you know netting James Harden for a guy who had sat out all year and likely wasn't going to suit up for your franchise ever again I think is a pretty ideal scenario for the Sixers. When 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 you when you look at the deal in totality with Ben Simmons, uh, and obviously give up Seth Curry and Andre Drummond, and the picks that they did, and you bring in a guy like uh, like Paul Millsap and James Harden, like you mentioned, when you look when you look at the two packages, because I know some people are upset you gave up Curry. In my eyes, Harden kind of you know just replaces that offense twofold. <laughs> in my opinion, Drummond was walking at the end of this year. He'll probably get a nice contract, in my opinion, for the way he's played, and um, and obviously Ben wasn't playing. So, Stephen, I know that we, we, we've been going back and forth about how, how upset we've been with Daryl Morey all, all season long and how frustrated we've been with the Sixers. When you look at the, uh, the weight of these two packages, are you happy with it? I know Seth is probably uh, a better option than giving up Thibault or, or, uh, or Tyrese Maxey. How happy were you with this package when the trade was finalized? Oh, very happy. And um, honestly, like, so basically, when you take a step back and look at this situation, this has been going on for over a year now. Like, last mm-hmm. deadline, this deal almost went through. Obviously, Brooklyn remained stubborn in wanting either Thibault or Maxi on top of, you know, this trade package. And uh, when this deadline really started winding down the other day, when there was about an hour and a half left, right before the trade, you know, happened... Uh, you saw those reports coming out that Brooklyn, you know, wanted Thibault, and I still, to that point, was not talking myself into doing the deal because, uh, to me, at that point, Brooklyn lost all of its leverage. Like James Harden officially, like <laughs> we know, when the deadline comes around, there's rumors all over the place. So many different, whether they're sources or not, whatever you want to call them, it is coming out. Um, but when Woj started coming out and 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 saying, and these other guys started saying that Harden was pushing, you know, for the trade, that told me everything I needed to know. Like Brooklyn's just gonna have to take our, our quote unquote best offer, which was that at the time. Um, and as somebody, I was more of a Seth Curry fan than a lot of other people, just because uh, I, I appreciated the fact that he could actually shoot the ball. Um, he I has appreciate his... him getting back down for twenty seven points against Kevin Herter in Game yeah, Seven, or however much right. Kevin Herter had in Game Seven. That and was... I think for some reason, people aren't, uh, for whatever reason, acknowledging the fact that, like, while Seth Curry, that's a nice, that's a nice little ad for the Brooklyn Nets. I don't mm-hmm. think people realize, like. He's really not going to be much of a factor in the postseason because he's really small. He's aren't a terrible him, defender. Aren't, aren't him and Joe Harris like top five like best three point shooters like in the game like in history? Isn't that isn't that a stat I saw? In or history, is that, I'm pretty sure in like NBA history, like well, as of right now, percentage. Yeah, percentage. percentage. I think percentage. Curry and Joe Harris are both top five. But I don't know if Joe Harris plays again this year. But you are now. Oh, Whoa! Hit the hit the hit the <laughs> hit the soundboard backs. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> but um and then obviously like like the drumming thing it is what it is like i feel like we've had this debate for several years now i feel like each year so you, we went from 
I guess this goes back to Greg Monroe, Greg right? Monroe. And then we completely Hell overpay yeah. for Al Horford. It's like, oh, we got the best backup big in the NBA. We saw that panned out. Then last year we get Dwight Howard, and the talk of the town was like, well, this guy is now the best backup Embiid's ever has. And now we're on to Drummond, and it's like, well, man, maybe this guy is the best backup you know, Embiid has ever had. And while it's very, very important to address that, and I know, Kev, we're going to get into that. That's why we have Kev here to get into the potential things that the Sixers could do in the buyout market to address that, the backup big spot. I think the we can all agree, right? The biggest problem with this team has always been that they don't have that second guy to Embiid. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I have a question for you, Kev. Me and, uh, me and Vic have talked about this. We talked about this the other day. So... As we know, for a year now, Ben Simmons was going to be traded. I, I didn't see this situation ever working out as far as him putting on the Sixers uniform again. As far as guys that they could have potentially gotten in return for Ben Simmons, where would you put James Harden? Me personally, um, I was a bit, obviously the Dame thing that has been a conversation, and we it, it seems he wants to be a trailblazer. But you you have to account for him potentially being a guy who we, we maybe could have acquired. I still think Harden was the best possible option, believe it or not. Dame would have been two for me. And I, we know Bradley Beal, you can factor him in. I'm sure there's some other guys. Harden's literally uh, three on my list. Harden's it's three Dame, on it's Dame. List? It is Dame. We went through this. It's Dame, Beal. Actually, he's fourth. Harden was fourth. It's Dame, Beal, oh, on, Ben coming back. And then Harden was the way I had it ranked. And then Halliburton and Heald or whatever you were going to do. So it was literally bring me oh Dame my. Lillard or Bradley Beald or Ben come back. And then if none of that happens, then go get Harden. That was the way I saw it. I was holding, I was holding out hope for Ben Simmons. Please, please, please come back. One. Please come back. Yeah, I mean, I think Dame's definitely the top guy just because – uh, one that's thing, with, Harden's always been known for his playoff woes, and Dame Lillard we know is a guy that's like playoff ready. So obviously, if you could pair him with Embiid, I think the two of them would be a formidable duo. Mm-hmm. Maybe you put Bradley Beal ahead of Harden simply for the fact of he's younger, and you know you're looking at the whole like grand scheme of the contention window, and like if you acquire Bradley Beal, obviously your your window might be one to two more like open for one to two more years more than if you were to bring in a James Harden but you know I think they could be tied in the sense of what James Harden also gives you as a facilitator and I think that skill is something that really never goes mm-hmm. away with age so even while the scoring might decline through like as he enters this twilight of his career he's always going to be an elite level facilitator and that's always going to provide value on the floor no matter how long he's able to play for so I think it's tough. I I think maybe I'd put Harden in that two spot if I had the rank that might go Dame, Harden, Beal, Ben coming back, uh, healed, uh, Halliburton, you know, all the minor packages. I will say that Harden's playmaking does make up for a lot of whatever Ben... I'm I'm telling you, that's an underrated aspect. It's not underrated. It's just the city hates on Ben Simmons. Like, we clearly missed that What are we expecting as far as the defensive effort, though? That's the... We're well, not going to get it with Dane. Is a, is a, You've no, seen no. at we times a, from Harden when he's locked in. Yeah, when he's locked is, in. Are we getting a locked in Harden? I'll ask you this. Who's Probably the not in the regular season. James Harden or Seth Curry? Oh, well, I mean, James obviously. Harden. But we're not comparing Seth and James Harden as defenders. He's going to take and James his Harden spot in the lineup. He's taking Ben's spot He's taking Ben's spot in the lineup. And even if he's not like the greatest defender ever, He's not a six-two guard, so the Ooh. fact that the I mean, Sixers he was giving Giannis problems for a little bit last year on one exactly. Legs, so. so like the fact that the Sixers now <sighs> don't have a pair of six-two guards in their starting backcourt, I think will help he tremendously was. in terms of perimeter defense. He was. He was giving him problems. Well, know, it's just funny to think about because he's a good on one leg. Defender. He was, he was stifling this dude in the so paint. Strong man. That's what's so intriguing. Got calf strength, strength, man. Calf strength. Yeah. So that so that partnership will be. Uh, obviously, fun to watch with Harden, Joel Embiid. Harden is expected. I don't know about expected. Hopefully, he can play on Tuesday uh, against Boston. Um, Kevin, obviously, Kyrie frustrated Harden a lot with the whole part-time vaccine, you know, that whole scenario. Uh, do you think KD getting hurt? I think it was uh, January 15th he, he went down. Do you think KD getting hurt was the final blow to Harden being like, I didn't sign up for this shit, get me out of here? <laughs> is that Was that domino fell? Our Sixers fans um, should, be, should consider, so, consider themselves lucky. That, uh, that KD got hurt when he did and, and was like the knife in the back to James Harden? I mean, I think it definitely played a role. I think the Kyrie stuff was more significant because you saw a lot of the reports where Harden said that, like, 
he came to Brooklyn and didn't like didn't think he'd have to be quote unquote the guy. He didn't come here to like, carry the team. Yeah, like he was in Houston and then the fact that, you know, this trio was together for thirteen months and they only played sixteen total games together. Mm-hmm. Thirteen and Hart, Harden's in the postseason, like playing on they one did, leg. Won games. <laughs> yeah, dude, they were thirteen and three in those sixteen games. So I mean mm-hmm. credit to what it's worth, but like yeah, I'd have to say the fact that, you know, Harden's playing hurt throughout the year because Kyrie can only play in row games and then Kevin Durant getting hurt and him having to carry the load while still being injured, albeit that. Uh, it definitely is like a – I think it's a snowball effect kind of thing and maybe Kevin Durant getting hurt caused the avalanche, but I, I would say that Kyrie's situation definitely was more of the, the turning factor in this. My issue with the whole thing is Nets fans claiming that like Harden is a quitter all of a sudden, and now mm-hmm. and now it's being painted as if Harden quit on three two franchises in two years. Like first of all, he was with Houston for damn near a decade. He didn't quit on the franchise. It was just that shit got yeah, ugly. I don't count that one with the front office. And then people were saying he ran out of he didn't run out of Brooklyn. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's played more games than KD has for this franchise. And number two, he shouldered the franchise for more than half the season last year. I think. If I remember correctly, because I remember I do remember Harden being by himself for a long time and we're all watching yeah. him like, damn, he needs when the hell. Well, well, they went through phases. It would be like one would come back and then another would get yeah, hurt. And yeah, we saw, yeah. Kyrie was by uh, himself yeah, for a little bit. For, KD yeah, was by himself was, in the playoffs. Exactly. Yeah, it was, you know, then Kyrie got hurt and we saw Durant and Harden for a while. And then yeah, Kyrie right. came back and another one went out. It was just a yeah. well, People saying Harden quit. I don't get the vibe that Harden yeah, quit I, on his team. I just think he realized like this shit is a damn shit show. Uh, Maury helped me, but I just think he yeah. didn't. I don't. I don't. I think he just didn't sign up for this, and the franchise didn't come through on its promises. And Kyrie went haywire and all this. And I think that Harden was just like, "This isn't a fit for me." And that's he also and, wanted and to fine. be here though. Like, and he, he also wanted, wanted to be, be here, here before Brooklyn, year. right? Is that right, Kevin? Reportedly, James Harden wanted to get sent to Philly when he wanted out of Houston initially, and obviously Houston didn't want to do a deal with Maury and send him there, so they took Brooklyn's package. Who, by the way. I think Brooklyn brought in they got they gave up uh was it Levert and Jared Allen and other pieces to bring in Harden yep. and then and then Harden they didn't want Harden to walk so that's why they did this deal. But is that correct that James Harden wanted to be sent to Philadelphia initially even when he wanted out from Houston? I mean, I don't know. Obviously that that's all speculation. One thing I will say is that uh obviously we all know the connection he has with Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers said a couple nights ago uh, when he parted ways with the Clippers, that he he had initially said someone from Houston reached out for him, reached out to him to go and coach the Rockets, and he confirmed a couple nights ago that the person that did reach out to him was James Harden, and apparently they've had conversations throughout the years, and that Harden has openly said he's always wanted to be coached by Doc. So, you know, people will say what they want about Doc, but guys want to play for him. <laughs> I got a lot to say about Doc, but that's another Listen, that's another conversation. It, it's the allure. I mean, Doc Rivers is top 15 greatest coach of all time. Oh. <laughs> was just named a couple of weeks ago. One so, of the I mean. greatest playoff chokers of all time, too. So, 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 uh, some some breaking football news, real quick. I know we're talking Sixers, but um, whoa, 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 whoa. per Tucker on? Bagley Sports over there in Indianapolis, um, according to Chris Mortensen, Carson Wentz's future looks bleak, and he is expected to be traded or cut before March 19th. The Colts consider this a one-year marriage that went wrong. <laughs> Dog. <laughs> What well, the fuck? What? You know what? I'm glad we have Kev on to talk about this because Yo. while it's two different sports and two different athletes, like you can't lie, there's definitely some similarities between this Ben Simmons and Carson Wentz Yo, thing. A the little Colts bit. are really moving on already. That is insane. Now, like we Ben's joked about it after the year. Post Sixers, though, I will oh, say I think Ben. Is, Ben's Yo, going I'm telling to you, good. Ben's going to be a fucking Magic Johnson on Brooklyn, and we're all going to be sitting here. If I swear to God, if <laughs> no, Brooklyn, he, nah, he's going to become their Draymond Green. If, if I'm Kevin Durant, Dude, when Ben Simmons gets to Brooklyn, yeah, exactly. If I'm Kevin Durant, when Ben Simmons gets to Brooklyn, I'm sitting him down, showing him mm-hmm. Draymond film of like Katie's yeah. Warriors teams, and say, "Hey, this is what you're gonna do for us, and like this is like the key to us winning." Yeah, that's which I know a lot of people view that as like, I mean, I guess you could say it's a knock because we had expected Ben to just come here and be like our LeBron James, but like he could be that on crack, like he's. Mm-hmm clearly way more talented than draymond green and also it's yeah. a scary thought man but again scotty pippen's another to, name that ben's regularly compared there to you and go, i that. think that well i don't think he could be like a sidekick to like i don't think he, at this iteration he could be the second best player on title team but being like that you know swiss army knife forward like scotty was outside of the the scoring aspect i think mm-hmm. that that's something ben could be that is just wild that is just wild new panthers quarterback carson wentz also uh, 
<laughs> also, more, fo- Come more on, football man. news real quick. Uh, Cardinals QB Kyler Murray is said to be frustrated and he felt like he was set up for embarrassment in the playoffs game versus the Rams. There are Go get him, Howie. Go get him, Howie. There are people, including teammates, who believe he's immature and lacks leadership. The plan is oh. for him to remain in Arizona despite everything. You know, it's funny. This stuff comes out every time a star player requests a trade. Like, you got to start taking this stuff with a grain of salt. Every time a star, there's a disgruntled star, the team and franchise starts questioning, you know, their character and leadership. Like, watch what happens when James Harden comes here, a situation he wants to be in, by the way. That's what I'm saying, and that and that and this and this also proves Same that players want to come to them picks to Arizona. Make it happen. There's, such a, there's all this stigma about um, old Phillies or athletes don't want to come to Philly and this and that. Fans should treat their fans better. James Harden begged to be here. Steven Nelson, uh, what you go? Bryce Nelson Harper last year. And free, Bryce Harper. Yeah. Steven Bryce Nelson Harper signed here for literally said thirty that years. Of the fans, because of the fans, I wanted to come here. So all this whole bullshit about people don't want to come play for Philadelphia is lies. Not lies, to mention, Embiid has signed two max extensions since being here. And yeah. one of them was well, during the Ben Simmons saga. Every reason to leave, by Every the reason way. to leave. He should be kicking down that door. I'm not signing shit until you figure out this Ben Simmons situation. And the fact that he remained loyal, signed the extension, stayed here, remained profession- professional throughout the, you know, he had his little <laughs> quips here and there, but professional throughout the entire thing, and now is rewarded with James Harden. Joel Embiid, good job, man. Round of applause, yeah. I'm surprised I remember which sound pad that was because I thought I was going to hit the. I don't know how you do it, man. I'm surprised. I need to start labeling these things. So, so back to basketball. <laughs> Obviously, it was an important key part for the Sixers to hold on to Matisse Thybul as well as Tyrese Maxey. Steven, you and I have talked obviously a bunch about how if they trade Ben, they need to keep Matisse because they need to keep some type of defense. You need somebody that can guard Giannis, you know, KD, those guys. DeRozan. Giannis, whoa. Yeah, hey, hey. I mean, it's probably going to be Embiid now. So, <laughs> good oh, guarding Giannis. Yeah, I don't... But, you know, KD, um, um, DeRozan, some other guys they're probably going to see in the postseason. Kevin, how happy are the Sixers that they kept those two guys as the focal points of their future? I mean, I'd say they're in a great position because of that. <laughs> Just because, you know, for teams that view their their window for a multiple-year stint, you need youth. And everyone talks about, oh, you know, what's the back end of Harden's trade going to – or back, the back end what's of Harden's deal? going to look deal? like when he's 38? Nobody cares. Yeah. Like what's it, <laughs> but no one wants to mention the fact that if they can maintain Tyrese Maxey, Ooh. you know, while Harden might be declining, Maxey's going to be – The heir to Harden? The heir yeah. to James Harden? Maxie's hey. going to be 24, 25, hey. and seeing what he looks like right now at 21, you know, I'd be excited for what he's going to look like three years from now at 24 with all this experience under his belt. And then, like we said, Matisse Thibel, while I wouldn't say he was untouchable in trades, mm-hmm. I would say they were handcuffed to him. Yeah, that untouchable because, thing was bogus. He's untou- No, he was definitely not untouchable if it yeah, came down to it. And Embiid was the only hey. untouchable, and I would say Maxie is the closest thing they had to an untouchable outside Remember when of people Embiid. said Seth Curry was untouchable? liars i don't get that i mean he was a tough goodbye don't get me wrong but people Mm -hmm. don't realize that when his deal was up at the end of next year the sixers weren't going to be in a position like they weren't going to pay drummond after this year right yeah they weren't paying he's going to come in good money this year and it's just the fact of you can find another backup center that can play eight to eleven minutes a night when it beats off the floor in a playoff Mm -hmm. series like while Drummond was great, don't get me wrong, and you know he provided a lot with his passing and the rebounding, you can find another suitable backup center. And Seth Curry completely outdid expectations here, and because he did that, it allowed the Sixers to hold on to a Matisse Thibault and a Tyrese Maxey. So, I mean, you got to look at it from all angles. Keeping Harden and – or get, acquiring James Harden and keeping Tyrese Maxey and Matisse Thibault shouldn't even be possible when you go and get a guy like James Harden. So the fact that that alone got done – I don't even care about the other facets of the trade is is commendable. A big reason why uh, parts parts of me were against trades like this because I, I, I almost assumed that Maxey or Thibault would have had to go. And especially when the Dame stuff was happening, you almost knew that Ben and Tyrese had to be in that deal for, for Dame and you would have had to bite that bullet as great as Dame – would have been next to Embiid. Uh, Speaking of fits with Embiid, Stephen, obviously James Harden comes in with his playmaking ability as well as probably the most prolific scorer Embiid has ever been paired with in his career. What kind of, uh, you know, fit mesh are you expecting with these two guys? Do you expect them to be cohesive? Do you expect kind of a a rough start to it? And how much of this will affect Tyrese Maxey? Because obviously if Tyrese Maxey was allowed to thrive and develop here in the absence of Ben Simmons. But now that Harden is here, you know, what kind of role is Maxey going to be in? Is he going to run the bench unit? Is he still going to start? Is he going to have to – he he still has a hard time, I think, 
um, playing alongside Embiid. I think he defers to him too much. Uh, we'll get Kev's opinion on that as well. Uh, but as far as that, what kind of fit do you expect for the two stars, and how does Tyrese Maxey kind of uh, adjust to this? Well, first of all, before I get into the you know the two man superstar like dynamic, I just want to say like as we all sit here, and I personally don't care to, to debate anymore what the package was to get James Harden. Um, the hardest part of building a championship caliber team is acquiring at least, I mean, I would say you need two superstars to truly contend. Um, I know the big three thing was a popular kind of like mindset or philosophy in building a championship team, but it's always going to be, you got to have the two superstar guys. Who's the second star in Milwaukee? See, I think Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, they're both, I think the combination of them two kind of like creates that dynamic. Don't tell me Chris Middleton is a top three player in the league. Yeah, I mean, Giannis is going to be like a top 30 guy all the time when it's all said and done. So, yeah, his resume right now is already Hall of Fame. They're a deep team, too. So, Um, but I don't think like people realize. Everybody, when they think of James Harden, for some reason, the perception is he's like this ball stopper. He's the scorer and stuff like that. And I understand that. And he's a heavy isolation player, just like Embiid. But like you look, he's up there with Chris Paul over the last five plus years and leading the NBA in assist. And I just can't stress enough how much that dynamic is going to open up everything on this team. When you look this entire year, you look at. I mean, you know, you can throw them in there. You can throw in Maxi. You can throw in Matisse, uh, Korkmaz, all these guys. Seth Curry, obviously, he's not here anymore. All those guys were playing much bigger roles and honestly roles that they that, that wasn't really fair to ask out of them. I think the benefit was we got to see Maxi come in and grow, give that opportunity to be a lead ball handler. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what they end up doing. Do they do they start Maxi alongside Harden? I'm personally intrigued by bringing him off the bench as the sixth man. Maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm not in the right mindset. But I no, think you're right. That was my first right thought too. Now, when the trade happened, I assumed he would run the bench unit. Um, I'm, I'm seeing. Um, I've seen projected starting lineups with Matisse and Maxi both in there with Harden and Bede and uh, Tobias. Um, so I'm just I just have a hard time residing to the fact that Maxi can play with both those guys and still thrive. Like, is that the best way to? I think to he can, him? but I don't think the as a coach you have to maximize the skill set of everybody. And I think to fully uh, maximize Maxi's skill set right now is letting him be that sixth man and just come in and explode. Like, just so who be, starts? Be you, so who Tyrese, starts? With go you out there and do you your thing. Green back in the starting lineup. See that that's the thing, and I, I know I can tell Kev wants to chime in. Um <laughs> obviously Danny's older now and he looks like he can barely move, but this this I mean, is a, the situation where he's a guy up. like Danny Green can thrive. Like there's no attention on him. It's all Embiid and uh Harden. Like he can literally just come in. You know, with the loss of Seth Curry, we we're down to very few guys you actually trust spacing the court. Uh Danny obviously is proven to be a reliable defender too, so maybe you bring him into the starting lineup like kev what do you think as far as like i know i've been all over the place with this question but like uh the dynamic of Embiid and harden like i kind of touched on a little bit what does it mean for the rest of the guys on this team like if you were in charge what i kind of got into it as far as bringing maxi off the bench but what how do you see this situation like what is your projected lineup if you had to guess right now I mean, if I had to be a betting man, it doesn't feel like Tyrese Maxey is going to be moved to the bench. But I will say, I think we do see Harden and Maxey staggered at points. Mm -hmm. Doc Rivers has never really been one to stagger. Better stagger fucking Harden and Embiid, I'll tell you that right now. Well, (laughs) unfortunately, Doc's never been one to stagger his stars, which I think, you know, it's something I I begged for weeks (laughs) for him to stagger uh, Embiid and Maxey, but obviously that changes now, but... You know, with the way Maxi's played, I think it'd be very tough to demote him. So I think what we'll start yeah, to see true. is right. you start Maxi and Harden in the back. They'll start and close games together, and then we'll see the rotation start to shift to where Danny Green will likely become an early sub. And then we mm. see um, a main starting lineup of, or not starting lineup, but a main five-man unit of uh, Harden, Green, Thibel, Harris, and Bede. And then you'll see Maxi run with the second unit. Uh, you know, I mean, him Toby and Shake Mill- that second unit. Him and he, you could see that as well. Maybe you see uh, Harden and Bede pair them together, and then you pair 
Maxie and Harris together, and then you just shift the pieces all around, whether it be Danny Green at times, Shake Milton, George Niang. You know, there there's a lot of optionality now with mm. this roster, and I think with you know the three guards of uh, Harden, Maxie, and Milton, you kind of have a modern roster for the Sixers for like wow. the first time Whoa. ever of Whoa. guards who you can just call a pick and roll, and oh you know, they can get it done on any level. So. You know, obviously the biggest thing, Harden's going to make life easier for these guys. And the thing with Maxi is, while he's proven to be a point guard now, he wasn't really one to begin with. So the fact right. that you're pairing him with Combo an elite guard. facilitator, yeah, like Harden, Ooh. I think he's he's going to adapt nicely. He's improved greatly as a three-point shooter, especially as a spot-up guy. You could drop him in the corner at times. He's shooting near 40%. Like, mm-hmm. I think people are, are really worried about the Harden Maxi fit. Hey, and hey, I actually feel hey, like. I was just wondering, man. I was just wondering. I feel like. Well, no, you're, you're not the only one. I mean, it's, it's a discourse that's happened a lot since this trade has gone down. And I actually think it's going to be a seamless, like, just non issue that people are, mm. I think, are blowing out of proportion. Are Embiid and Harden as seamless? Like, Embiid's not no, like, catch and lob, slam that shit. I mean, he did See, last that, night. That, but he's not a Capella. Like. He's not Capella type. Like, this, he's yeah, more pick well, and he pop might not instead be of pick com- and roll, yeah. right? And I think we do see more pick and pop. And here's the thing. Yeah. We saw in the bubble LeBron James and Anthony Davis pick and roll their way to a championship. I really don't see a reality why oh. Joel Embiid and James Harden couldn't do the same. Mm-hmm. Especially when you bring up the fact of how lethal both players are on all three levels scoring the ball. I mean, it's really going to hit the point to where defenses are truly going to have to pick their poison of who you want to slow down, who you're going to blitz in that pick and roll between Harden and Embiid. Because if either of them get a single matchup or, or if they get a switch... You know, it's a mismatch for both players. So it's really going to be, you know, I think they just need to get that cohesiveness and get it yep. going. And you know, I think once they they're able to gel and they figure out what where the other likes to be and where to attack, that their pick and roll combination is going to be just an absolute nightmare for opposing defenses. Yeah, certainly looking forward to that. Can't I just I just like that needs to be the playoff me, offense. Last five minutes me. of the game, like no matter what the score is or what's going on, you clear out. And you run, you high pick and roll teams to death because that, like, either Harden is getting to the rim or you're getting and be the ball at the elbow. And, you know, we see. Somebody's getting to the foul line. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Not to mention, the the Sixers are going to start shooting 30 free throws a game between just Harden and Embiid alone. Their games are going to be like four hours. Right after the rule changes, though, doesn't it? It's going to be like baseball. That's another dynamic this team needed, by the way. Embiid was the only guy who got to the foul line. That's because Maxi getting getting bitch in the paint. Maxi getting bitch in the paint all the time. Enough with that, dude. And another doesn't get the respect from the refs just yet. And just having another closer on the team, like another guy that can take over if Embiid gets doubled. You can't double and beat every time now because now you got another guy you're going to have to worry about that can create his own offense at an elite level and another guy. We haven't had a guy who can legit close out a game, um, you know, since Jimmy. We can scream about Tobias all day, but, you know, he's not the guy defenses are looking at when, when you get down to crunch time. So that's going to be uh, good to see as well. You bring up his name. We should probably speak to Tobias. Kevin about yeah, that. That's, that was the, the next topic, pod? man. That was the next topic. Literally the okay, next bullet point sure. on the notes. You read the notes, right? You would have known it was yes, the I next did. thing if you read the notes. So, I was worried you weren't going to get to it. I was getting to it. So, Mr. Apo- I don't even want to call him a Tobias apologist because he's like his biggest fan at this point. But this man, since no, the trade. I've always been a Tobias realist. Back at, in his Detroit days? Was he in Detroit? Yeah, no, his Detroit I'm saying days. His Orlando about, days. Dude, he's talking I'm, about the Sixers. Yeah, talking days. about his fit on the Sixers <laughs> and where he fits on the hierarchy. I've said it time and time again. Yep, the yep, main here goal we are now. After the, the trade deadline. Trade, survived yet another trade deadline. No, listen, as he should have. Because here's the as thing. As he should have. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude, Tobias this man Harris, was ass before the last Tobias Harris, season. not a bad player. Not to mention he's had a recent resurgence. He's looking like the guy <sighs> we saw all last Let season. Him talk. And the main goal of the Ben Simmons trade should have been and was, now that we've seen how it went down, to find that buffer between Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris. At his best, Tobias Harris is a third option on a very good team. The fact that you have, like, we just sit here and talked about, you know, how it's going to be mismatch galore with Mm -hmm. Harden and Embiid, and you're not bringing up the fact that, you know, teams are going to have to put their bigger, you know, stronger perimeter defenders on Joel Embiid and James Harden, and all that's going to do is create mismatches for Tobias Harris, where he thrives. Look at how he played against Chicago, a smaller lineup in the front court, and, you know, he's been able to attack teams that have to put smaller wings on him because, you know, of the attention the other players draw. 
So with this whole lineup, and I think the same is going to go for Tyrese Maxey as well. I'd say nine out of every ten games, either one of Maxey or Harris is going to have a mismatch on them, and there's going to be nights where they both do. So, I mean, it's just the fact that having, like, this duo that's going to draw so much attention from opposing defenses, all it's going to do is make life so much easier for Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey. And that's the whole thing about Tobias is just keeping it simple, quick decisions, shooting off the catch, you know, not pump faking and dribbling too much with the ball, you know, straight line drives to the rim. And I think we're going to see a lot of that. Tobias Harris was phenomenal in transition last year. The Sixers now have another guard who can rebound and push the break himself. So I think it's going to be, you know, I think we're going to get really get back to seeing the Tobias we saw last season. The priority, right, so, the, the priority in the offseason should have been the package Ben and Tobias. That should have been. That should have been the priority. <laughs> Feel the buffer my ass. All right, go ahead, Steve. <laughs> so this goes back to when we had the debate earlier in this podcast where I brought up the best potential returns <clears throat> for Ben Simmons. And for me personally, as I mentioned earlier, James Harden, due to the fact that he's such a great facilitator, one of the best in the league, um, because you have to consider the fact he's going to be playing alongside Tobias. And when I look at guys like Bradley Beal, who look, I know he's improved at that at that dynamic, but he's a ball stopper. He's an isolation scorer, and I personally don't like his fit next to Tobias. I think um, Tobias has suffered more than anybody on this team with the lack of Ben Simmons because Ben opened up a lot of quick open threes for him. And like you said, the transition game, getting to the bucket – um, I think Harden will do the same exact thing, uh, if not better, just because of Harden's threat to be such a you know a perimeter scorer. So I'm all of a sudden very intrigued and open to the idea, and obviously I have to be because Tobias survived the trade deadline. As far as what happens after this year, you know we'll see. I knew there was rumors, and again, I don't know how much you buy into it, but I saw there was one where they were talking about potentially sending Harris to might have been OKC. Obviously, that would have been a dream. Would have been my dream relief. scenario. Yeah, but you know what though? What, what is OKC sending back though? Like that's a thing. What are you getting it, back? Unless shy sure nothing involved. really. Is shy rumors. I was wetting myself on the shy rumors. No, we weren't getting shy. I was. I was climaxing during those relief type. Yeah, because they could have just eaten his contract, so it would have made they wouldn't really have had to quote unquote salary match because OKC had the room to just absorb the deal. Yep, and the picks. <laughs> Eighty-nine thousand picks. That's 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 unreal. So, last topic, Kev. Before we get you up out of here, obviously, people are starting to look at options to round out this roster before they try and go on this championship stretch. Here, a backup big is the most glaring hole. I know some people want wings and guards and things like that. You see some guys on the market now, like Tristan Thompson, your boy Robin Lopez. I would I would like somebody like DJ Augustine. I know James of the Liberty Line is big on Gary Harris. You got DeAndre Bembry out there. I know you mentioned Enos Freedom. For whatever reason, I don't want any part of him, but you do. What? And Moses Brown just cleared waivers. <laughs> Rebounding machine Moses Brown just cleared waivers. What are some guys you think the Sixers should take a look at to round out this roster? I mean, obviously, you just have to monitor the big man situation. That should be the top priority. I don't know why you're hating on Ennis Freedom. I think he's a, no. a more than capable uh, backup center, and you know he's someone that started in this league before. So the Knights that isn't he like wanted in Turkey or some shit. Well, it's a good thing the Sixers don't play in Turkey. They play on <laughs> Wherever he's wanted. He's like a wanted man somewhere, isn't he? <laughs> That's okay. It's the other side of the globe. I'm not worried about it. How well, do you think how do you think that guy bodes in the playoffs? I personally while he's not He's only gonna defense, play like eight to ten minutes. Right. Who cares? I think he But he's got that you know, as we all know, he's got that like he's got that edge to him. People like to fight him all the time. I personally think that bodes well in the Sixers. We yeah. need more guys that some do grit. Instigator you some grit on this roster. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. George Niang, he's an instigator too. Like you just need those pesky. Yeah. I mean, it's something you really like, you kind of have to watch him like under a microscope to see like how much he like, he barks at guys during games or just oh, he does. the little things he does to try and get guys off edge. I mean, I think that's part of the reason why they brought Dwight Howard here last year too. It's just, He's a pest, but yeah. Ennis Freedom. Where's Corey Brewer at? I think, <laughs> who even knows at this point? But, I mean, DJ Augustine's a nice name, too. Uh, the only thing that, that worries me is it's another small guard. I don't know mm-hmm. if the Sixers really want to go that route. Goran Dragic is my top name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's going to go somewhere where he's going to get a much bigger role, but mm-hmm. if he were to come here 
and help solidify that second unit, I think that would be an absolute steal. But, yeah, the big man situation and his freedom, Robin Lopez, Tristan Thompson, I think there's going to be names out there of guys with playoff experience who can, you know, hold down the fort for 12 to 14 minutes a night during the regular season and then, you know, 8 to 10 in a playoff series. We have to uh, put a uh, put a fork in one of Steven's um, most wanted scenarios over the years. Kevin, do you remember the uh, the whiteout back in the day, like two years uh, ago? Oh, Derek White. <laughs> the whiteout. Yeah. This man found his way to Boston, ripped to the whiteout movement. We were That's a good it. ad for them as much as I hate to admit it. That's a very good ad for Boston. Yeah, Derek White, he's a, he's a good guy. It's I just also remember hilarious we were to still see Josh Richardson just getting thrown around the NBA now. Hey, man, Josh Richardson was a key part in acquiring James Harden. Seen mm. Hinky's theory through, seen it through. Does this deal get done without Seth Curry? Probably not. I mean, yeah, but you're likely parting ways with the Max or yeah. instead. It should have been Danny Green, to be honest. I'd have been thrilled if Danny Green got sent in there. I know, I know <laughs> Kevin is, is bigger on Danny Green than, than we are. But um, I mean, listen, dude, it. he's going to throw it hard, and I'm telling you. Are they him. getting, like, if they were to get Joe Harris in return for throwing Danny Green in there, too? I would take the mm. game ball now. I think he's on a contract for three more years, too. So. Yeah, I was about to say, he's even playing again this year. <laughs> Clay Thompson light. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, any final thoughts you want uh, about the Sixers before we get up out of here? We don't do too many Sixers episodes, but this was one where we had to get up here and celebrate uh, James Harden coming to Philly and potentially going on a championship run here. Any final thoughts on this trade and where the Sixers are at? Because we have been miserable up until yeah. Tuesday. Up until Tuesday. Well, you know, or I Thursday, whenever the deadline Morey. was. I slandered him a lot. Oh. The pod wouldn't really know, but the YouTube channel, I have several videos. But basically, if you actually watch them, I did say if he pulled off the move, I would let up off the gas. I was we also said very... that if he didn't, we were unfollowing Woj and Shams and all these fake-ass reporters. <laughs> shout out to Wendy, apparently, right, Windhorse? Shout out, shout out to Deal Zone. <laughs> oh wait didn't um didn't um yeah. whatever mona and all them screaming about now uh about james harden like still continuing like his nightlife listen james whatever, man, i don't give a I shit what care. you do after yeah, fucking 9 30 yeah. i'll be at the clubs with you that's something yeah. i tweeted the other day spring so, garden street the lot of us come on <laughs> like i don't know guys do you do you feel like so like when you look back at like when we acquired Jimmy, when we acquired Tobias, and even this past year is the one seed with that big target on our back. I felt like eventually when we would make a Simmons deal, if it was like a blockbuster deal, I was like, ah, man, I just hate when we have these high expectations. But I feel like it's different now because the narrative on Harden is he's washed. He doesn't care, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think he has a chip on his shoulder. Daryl has a Mm. chip on his shoulder. Uh, Doc even because he's getting clowned for blowing all these three to one leads. Like, I think it's just a different dynamic now. And that's why. Rightfully I'm not climbing. nervous. Like I almost feel like we're playing with house money now because everybody's still saying like they're saying the Nets are the the juggernauts. Phoenix will probably be back in the mix. Milwaukee, Miami. Like well, what's while the... we're a contender now, I I still feel like we're like the I don't know if underdogs a word, but it's it's more favorable than just having that giant target on our back. So what are we? So so what is the uh, like Harden's contract situation because first he opted in and then apparently he didn't like what is yeah the... Kyle Newbeck I believe was the one that reported it that he didn't actually opt in yet so he can still so, walk or what is I mean what is this? yeah there's there's a react well there's the situation of he either well now it will come in the offseason he can either opt into that play or player option for next season I think it's for like 47 million yeah uh, or he could opt out quote unquote hit free agency and sign a new deal with the Sixers. Or, or someone elsewhere. Else. Yeah. Oh, no. God. Don't worry, man. He wanted to yeah, be here. I'm, Are I'm we far from our... Yes or no, He right may now. do what LeBron did and sign those, like, one plus ones. That may just yeah, be the... Yeah, he'll be What LeBron do? LeBron did, like, a four-year. Now what is he in the middle of, like, a two-year? I don't know what he did. I don't know. How yeah, he, he initially signed for four, and then I think he signed a two-year extension. Facts, facts. What? About, so, uh, so uh, finals contenders? Are we? Are we not as of right now? Are we? Are we contenders? I think Can they we got compete a shot. with Milwaukee? I mean, and... it's it. They they have to figure it out and fast. You know, before the season. So it's at the dock. Yeah, it's over, dude. Before the season, I put uh, in. Milwaukee and Brooklyn in the <laughs> tier one, uh, Miami tier two, and the Sixers in, in like that tier three area with like Chicago. But now I think the Sixers post James Harden trade have jumped Miami in my eyes at least, and are kind mm-hmm. of like right on the heels of Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Steven, finals or bust? 
Is it finals or bust? Mm-hmm. I just want to get to the Eastern Conference finals. Yeah, I'm we've cool been with stuck. that. I'm cool Let's with just that. get out of the second round, all right? And work on like, it next year. I'm cool with that. Thanks. Facts. Thanks for everybody for tuning into this show, the Philly Pod, typically Eagles podcast, but special Sixers edition because James Harden, the beard, is now in Philadelphia, and we are now legit finals contenders up there with Milwaukee and them, and Bede and the beard now here in Philly. Still can't believe it. Probably won't believe it until I see them play Tuesday. Still eyeing up these tickets, even though Steven has a presentation or something college-related. I told him to drop out months ago, but I guess we have other obligations these days. Kev will be there because he literally works and has to cover the team. Can't even be excited (laughs) when James Harden comes out. Got to be professional. Who wants to do that? Be sure to go go follow Kevin on Twitter at Kevin McSee NBA. Follow all his stuff on Clutch Points. Where, Where else are you writing these days? Is it just Clutch Points? Yeah, just Clutch Points. Dang, imagine. This man's been getting passed around media outlets like fucking, like fucking Josh Richardson. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like the Ish Smith of media outlets. This man's, ish Smith, this man's fucking... Um, Why not the James Harden? Because James, right, James Harden chose. He wasn't getting passed around. He's chosen yeah. his teams. I'm, I'm like People are like Smith his third like, franchise in three years. All right, dude. I'm like Let's LeBron. I'm signing these one plus ones. Yeah, yeah, it could be in a new place coming months. Stay tuned. Who Stay knows? Tuned for that. Steven, uh, you know where to find him. Follow him on Twitter at Steven Conrad Jr. Go to the YouTube channel at The Liberty Line. Pop in highlight video over there uh, for James Harden. Welcome to Philadelphia. We got some Brooklyn Nets highlights coming up because apparently fans are like, I want to see him in Brooklyn. Yeah, so that's geez. fine. So that's fine. And Paul Millsap working on a Paul Millsap hype video because we got to get hype about Paul Millsap. Oh, I forgot to ask you, Kev. What the fuck is Paul Millsap going to do on this <laughs> roster? I skipped right over that point on the notes. The oh, fuck is Paul Millsap supposed to do? Veteran presence, optionality, oh, uh, chance to experiment as a small ball five. I, I, in my eyes, there's one of two realities. There's one where he plays and Doc experiments him as a small ball five. Or the other one where it's like the Anthony Tolliver situation all over again, where like <laughs> he's here and like in and around the locker room as like just to have another vet, but not really gonna play. Is this? Does he have a chance to be like like Robert Covington center, like he was in Houston? Since Harden likes to run that fucking fast pace what? shit. You remember when I, Rocco was playing center in Houston? Yeah, <laughs> I think there's like yeah, like the PJ Tucker that that like extreme oh, small boy, ball. Here we yeah. go. We almost went the whole episode without bringing him up. We almost. Almost days without bringing yeah, up PJ. I, he definitely could be like that type of of small ball five experiment to really open up and space the floor. Stephen, real quick before we get out of here, is uh, Jalen Hurts backing up Russell Wilson next year? Oh, I was trying to. He's make backing up point. Kyler Murray. Kyler no, Murray, yeah, give me Kyler, Kyler Murray, Murray man. Why? Because he's small. I just yeah, give me, give me that little dude. Come on. Facts. I don't know. You see that arm talent? You're so big on fucking arm yeah. talent. You see his arm talent, dude? And he plays baseball, <laughs> too. Can... The arm talent in the playoff game? Oh, fuck. Yeah, you're right. All right. <laughs> he yeah, plays he baseball, too. Can can he help the Phillies mm. as well? Is yeah, there like, can, can there be a clause where he saves two Philly franchises? Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. Yeah, thank you guys for listening to this episode. <laughs> be sure to subscribe to the Philly Pod or everywhere else you get your podcast. Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, all that fun stuff. Go to the YouTube channel, subscribe, leave reviews, rate comments on the podcast. I don't see any new ones since he started this shit to back up. If you don't leave him, I'm going to stop doing this damn show. Let us know what and you think about the Sixers yourselves. dynamics. If you haven't left the review yet, go ahead and do it. Yeah, let us know what you think about the Sixers. Pod, we'll run giveaways uh, and all that fun stuff. We got beard shirts dropping on Design Tree. They're all over there. We'll run some giveaways for that since, uh, since that's a thing now. Appreciate you guys. Follow Steven. Follow Kev. We'll be back doing more of these things. Peace out from the Philly Pod.